Hello and welcome to the Student Council, an educational advice show made for students and by students where everyone is qualified to talk about their own experiences. My name is Carter Dvorak and today I'm so excited to complete the Thanos gauntlet of the Washington Post TikTokers with Dave Jorgensen from DuPont University and the Washington Post TikTok account. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How have you been? How have been your favorite five minutes of the past week? Well, I'm just I'm so happy to finally be doing this, Carter. First of all, mm-hmm. and uh, to complete your, your your very powerful gauntlet. Uh, hopefully, we we uh, continue to add people to the TikTok team, so you can just you know keep it going. Yeah. Uh, as soon as we do, you'll have to get them on as well. Uh, so yeah, no, I I I've had a very busy week. We were just talking about before we got on, where uh, uniquely busy week in so many ways. But one of them was going to VidCon for uh, my third time, and uh, I had a really good time moderating a panel of other news TikTokers. You might know Under the Desk News, um, Jack mm-hmm. from Planet Money, who is my personal favorite uh, and was just as funny in person as he is in TikToks, if anyone's seen those. Um, but the best five minutes of the last week was at VidCon. And I'm not just trying to say this for the podcast. It really was like so gratifying. was um, um, this high school student who was at VidCon and went to this session I had um, just they call it a mentorship session, which feels very like high and mighty, but it was nice. It was just like one-on-one talks with people. And and uh, she was talking about trying to get a TikTok launched at her high school yearbook. And I just thought that was like, you know, we get a, a lot of brands approach us and they'll be like, what do we do? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I, that's really cool. But I, I, it's much more exciting and satisfying when a young journalist, either in college or in this case, high school is trying to, you know, do something that we're doing. I feel like that's that maybe I'm wrong, but it makes me feel way cooler when someone younger is trying to do it versus like some corporate whatever uh, in their 40s who just downloaded TikTok yesterday. Right. That That is so gratifying and so cool. And I think that the Washington Post TikTok does truly serve as a, like a beautiful model for how to do like really informative and really entertaining TikToks almost at the same time. Like, I think that's why the account has stuck out to me so much and why I've been so interested in talking to everybody on it is it's just so special and unique and cool in that sense. So I completely understand her perspective I, on that. I really appreciate that. We, we try we try very hard <laughs> to, yeah. to stand out. So I'm yeah. glad it's working. <laughs> no, and, the, and that effort is definitely seen. It's such such a good account. And okay. before we dive too far into it, I want to first kind of talk about what your time at college was like. How would you describe your college experience? What led you to DePauw and why did you kind of first apply there? And what led you to attending? So I uh, I came to DePauw actually as a sophomore. I transferred there, mm-hmm. um, yeah, from University of Tulsa. And University of Tulsa is a really great school. I actually really, uh, I still am friends with a lot of people that I, uh, you know, got to know freshman year. So it was like one of those, I think a lot of students when they transfer, sometimes it's like they had a bad experience or the, you know, any number of things going to happen. For me, it was just like, this is an engineering school. I came here as an English major and they don't have a lot of opportunities <laughs> for me. And it was really, I honestly think it's like still to this day. And I'm not like, you know, uh, try, I, I'm not trying to say like I didn't make other, but this is like the most adult decision I've ever made at like 19 was I need to like go to a, a school where I have, I can actually do what I want to do uh, and hopefully turn that into something. And so DePa had been a choice or had been a, a school that I'd looked into, but not very seriously uh, while in high school. And then I re-examined it 
while at Tulsa and I got into this media fellows program there. Uh, so I, I applied for that and got in and basically the media fellows at DePauw is like journalism on steroids uh, where you can, you know, be part of the TV station. You have to, you can be part of the newspaper. You can be part of the radio in some cases, all three at the same time, which I did at some point. And you also, your junior year, go on an internship and they have a lot of great connections to internships. Um, one of them, they had like a list. I remember this piece of paper so well, cause I was like still at Tulsa and I visited the pod again and I was like th- thinking it through and they showed me this list. And on the list was, uh, the daily show and the Colbert report. And I was like, that would be fun. And, uh, sort of naively thought, oh, I, if I get in this program, I'll be able to get an internship at one of these places. Um, and so I got into the program and I transferred to DePauw and I did end up getting quite lucky where I got an interview and, and I did get to intern at Colbert Report. Um, but it was like, it was just, I think it was just a better place for me to be in general. It was a smaller school. I do kind of like that liberal arts feel a lot and, uh, these really small classes and all that, all that kind of stuff. They, they try to sell you on smaller schools. I was really into, uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience and, and leading up to, you know, when I came back from my internship senior year, I really took advantage of it. We started like a late show. Uh, it was called the pre-recorded late night show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was the host and like kind of showrunner of it. And we had nine episodes my senior year. I, it, it got to the point where my second semester, I was spending more time on it that I asked one of my professors if I could get credit for it. So he became my, it became an independent study and he became my advisor, which meant I just had to see him like twice a semester. Uh, and yeah, I, I, that's, that's where I learned probably more than anything outside of my internship was just like, um, I, I, editing, shooting, writing. We had a writer's room every Sunday night. Um, we had all kinds of fun stuff. And I think also like that in some ways is very directly related to the Washington Post TikTok launching that where a lot of the TikTok account was just convincing people in power that we should do it. And I think that's what we were doing with the late show at the pause. Well, that's so cool. That's really funny that you talk about a late show because that's been my like dream to do at my school for like a hot minute. Do that's it. That's really funny. <laughs> if it's not too late. <laughs> no, it's, it's thankfully not too late. Yeah. I've got, I, I'm a rising sophomore, so I've got time. Yeah. Which I, that's amazing. Um, that, so you, were you the host? Was it like an interview show? Was it like sketches? Was it all of the things? It was kind of all the things. What, what happened was this was, this was right around when, and this is going to date me, but like when SNL digital shorts really were becoming a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just for a sense of history for the listeners, like digital shorts are kind of what, in my view, made SNL sort of relevant again. It wasn't irre- irrelevant, but like that's what people started watching was the Sunday morning, what was uploaded, like what did Andy Samberg uh, make last night for a digital short? So we were th- we were doing a um, like a, a late night show, very like sort of Conan esque. Um, where we had interviews and everything like that, but then we would sprinkle in two or three, actually, no, at least three uh, digital shorts we'd shot throughout the week. Um, and they could be anything. Like the very first thing we did, <laughs> there's a lot of things we did, but we had, we also had a musical episode. But the first thing we did was we, uh, we <laughs> dressed up as painters and we went to this one um, uh, student. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Just what's a building with classrooms? What do you? What am I? What, what am oh I my gosh! Classroom just like a building. Yeah, whatever. Just uh, but it was like specifically like the math and sciences building or whatever. And so like, like okay, yeah. And so like right as people were about to get out, we were we had the four of us blocking different exits, and we had little paint buckets, and we were pretending to paint the walls, but they were just it was just water, and we had secret cameras filming. And as crowds got like basically, we created a fire.
fire hazard, honestly. But we just wanted <laughs> oh, to see no. if we could redirect traffic. And, like, everyone was stuck on the second floor and had no way of getting down. Uh, and then we did one. We had one where we, we had, like, a, a book club in the library. Uh, and this a lot of these were shot before the show, like, premiered. So people didn't really know what we were doing, like, at all. Right. had any idea. Uh, and we had a book club in the, prim- in the library, but it was uh, Fifty Shades of Grey book club. And so everyone was just very loudly reading and reacting. Uh, there was a, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So we did those. Oh, and then God. the interviews on uh, were live, like in front of a studio audience uh, of people, mostly friends of mine initially that I could convince to come. Uh, one time we interviewed all the different different uh, like lunch ladies and and lunch uh, like chefs on campus. And at the very end of it, we had like this giant sandwich laid out. I forget the initial premise, but then we did like the Oprah like everyone in the audience got a sandwich. So I'm just throwing sandwiches like you get a sandwich, you get a sandwich. Uh, right. So yeah, we, it was it was a production for sure. That is brilliant. I yeah, is this fun. exists in the world? Like, have you like scrubbed this from the internet, or can I find I, it? Not somewhere? intentionally. Uh, it's it's on Vimeo. I'll try to. Send you the link after i don't i don't know if the link is still live but for for like up until a couple years ago there was still some at least clips that were online uh the one that i know is up for sure is we had uh this is the last one i'm sorry but i do get really excited talking about it still i that's that's how that's how much like i say this about tiktoks too like if you're having fun doing it that's a good sign because i think it's contagious um but there was a when you could vote uh for like you know uh, student body president, whatever the, the votes we had on campus, there was mm-hmm. always this option. And I think it was just because they had a weird thing with the polling system on the website, but there was an option to write no vote because you couldn't vote for no one. Like the form wouldn't let you complete it if you didn't want to vote for anyone for like treasurer, for instance. So there was a section called no vote for each, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we ran a campaign for just no vote. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. And it was like shot like a campaign ad. It was just us walking around and shaking hands and telling people to vote no vote and then we had and then we intentionally created a a deposing campaign for the other half of our our late night team called don't no vote and they were telling people to not vote for no vote it was so yeah it was a whole deal i think that that's absolutely incredible oh my gosh uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it stands the test a decade later. It it does. This is this is everything that I have dreamed of and more. Um, so you're giving me all the inspiration. Uh, I'm curious. I was surprised, or I didn't know that you were a transfer student. Did you find? It seems like you transferred into Dupont and like thrived really well in that school. But was there any kind of road bumps in that transition? Oh, it was really hard. Um, I I think by my junior and senior year, I was I kind of had my sea legs back, I guess so to speak. But like I, I remember specifically, I I worked a the between software. So wait, the the summers between freshman sophomore year and sophomore and junior year, I worked at a camp in Florida. Uh, it's called Sea Base for any any boys out there and uh i was so away from the internet that i di- i missed this email that said like you know sign up for your or do your dorm questionnaire and part of that dorm questionnaire was like confirming that i was an incoming sophomore not a freshman and i did that way too late so they put me in the freshman dorm and it was the weirdest it was so weird because it was like i really probably could have pushed to be put in somewhere else when i got there but i just didn't so but actually i I tried to make the most of that it was actually really fun where i kind of became the king of the freshmen because all of them were just like it it, i'd only i was only a year removed from being a freshman but i was like watching them experience what i experienced a year prior and like the sort of just excitement and anxiety and all these things that they were experiencing and they would come to me with the dumbest problems and i'm like wow that's i wonder if that's what i was like a year ago (laughs) 
but it worked out. So I, I mean, it was just kind of this weird thing where I was like, I, I felt like I was repeating my freshman year, even though, you know, for the most part, all my credits transferred. So like, I, I don't know, it was just a weird thing. But I think by the time I got to junior year, I sort of got to a point where it felt good. And I had friends, both sophomores and junior friends. And so it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. That is really nice. Well, was there any like really big piece of advice you'd give to somebody just transferring schools? Because I know that's such a big process. Oh man, that's a, you know I've never been asked that. That's that's such a. I mean, I don't know why that question would have come up. I guess, but like that's such a good question. I I think you really have to. It's not like you have to become a champion of the new school, like get behind their team or like like school spirit type of thing. But I think you really have to like allow yourself to one, like not necessarily repeat the process, but like be okay with the fact that you are doing a new school again. I think I almost had a chip on my shoulder about that um, where I was like, I've already experienced all this. But like to everyone else you're meeting, whether they were my age, sophomores or freshmen, like you're new to them. So you really can't like you need to just like approach it just fresh and think of it as a new start however you came to transfer I think it actually can be a really healthy thing it can also be a really good way to grow because I think as much as I really did enjoy my freshman year at Tulsa I don't know that like I'd done a lot of like personal growth so I think there was like a good moment there where I I actually kind of was able to you know actually become a better person in a lot of ways and also go are these the type of friends I want to be friends with again do I want to like sort of reconsider and for the most part that I you know I think I had good friends at both schools but I I just needed to like try to figure out what worked for me so I you had to look at it as an opportunity for sure absolutely um and i'm curious too like when you going to tulsa and transferring over did you always know english was your thing or like did you have any shifts in kind of what you wanted to do or your major or anything it was sort of english and or film uh and and actually yeah i'm glad you asked because i because i joined that media program just to see if i could get like interning for colbert but that's actually where my interest in journalism really took off because i said i was i was in yearbook in high school but i didn't really i wasn't like that that's not what i was going to school for but then Mm -hmm. uh this interest in writing overall kind of brought me into journalism. So definitely I always had an interest in writing to some capacity, but I didn't know if it was going to be books or film or TV or whatever, or journalism. And it kind of became the final, the last one for the most part. Yeah. So you did both like fiction and nonfiction writing then? Yeah, a lot of fiction writing. Uh, that was my f- my favorite class at DePaul actually was a short story class. And like, that was like, I, I mean, you know, I, I get like, sometimes you don't look forward to school, to classes in college. That's still a very normal thing. But like, that was a class where I was like truly every day so excited to go to. And like right now, if you told me like you can go back to that twice a week, I would 100% go. That's it was awesome. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's some, there is something special when you find a class that you like love and get excited to go for. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, I, you kind of get that in high school sometimes, but like to re- you truly experience in college, especially because you have, yeah. you know, a little bit more say in what you're, what you're studying. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I last semester literally took variant cover of the college class because mm-hmm. it was history's heroes and superheroes in American pop culture. And it was like after binging all the variant cover videos, I'm like, wait a second. Like, there's I love that. that. It that. was actually called variant cover. It wasn't in... called variant cover, unfortunately. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But, but either way, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was basically doing, like, exploring, you know, different, like, themes of history and views of masculinity and femininity and all these mm-hmm. things through comic books and superheroes. So that's really amazing. fun. Now, I think Carmella took a very similar type of class. Did she, I don't know if she talked to you about that, but, like, this came... I don't know. I, this came up, like, when Chris was doing, like, episode nine of variant cover. She's like, oh, I took a class, like, on the intersection of, like, exactly what Chris's thing is about. And I was like, why did you say something before? <laughs> uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. I, I guess yeah. the class is more common than I thought it would be, but it's it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm jealous. You everyone gets to take that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. 
It is. It's, I mean, your short stories class, I'm doing one of those next semester and I'm really excited for it. So Good. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, uh, the one th- I, uh, if I can give you a recommendation for that class, yes. you might have, you most, most definitely will have an opportunity to like look at other people's short stories and like, uh, cri- like not critique, whatever. You're supposed to like look at them and give them notes. That mm. actually can be like, that's a chore, but it's a really good chore. Like I, that was probably what I was least looking forward to is like looking through others. But, but there was a couple people there who I learned a lot from. And this one person, give her a shout out, Adrian Westenfield. She now writes for like a ton of publications. And it was very immediately clear that she was a really talented writer. And I think I learned a lot from her. And she would edit all of my pieces and like give me notes, which which I was found valuable then, but now I'm like, oh my god, this like world class writer <laughs> was yeah. like in some ways influencing me as like a 20 year old. So, so that was really cool. You might meet that someone like really that cool. who's who's super talented, or you might be that person. So you know, it works out. Yeah, and also a name like Adrian Westenfield is like a name of a published it's, famous author. I totally agree. I so it's so funny. So uh, I was at Depaul a little over a year ago, and I was uh, for like this this. Uh, thing i was speaking at and i was talking to my old advisor an english professor and he was he mentioned her and he's like from the minute i met her it was like yeah she she already knew exactly who, her name the way she carried herself like she was already a complete person where I, and he's totally right like a lot of people come to college like what are what are, she was as a freshman this is who i am and it was it was pretty funny that's amazing Anyways, yeah yeah so we've been talking a lot about kind of finding that journalism passion and news and video and all these things like when you were you know back at college doing those late night videos or doing like starting off at like other jobs like the independent journal did you think that the washington post tiktok is where you would eventually wind up like could you have pictured that no i and and i wouldn't say i resisted it but i was definitely until it was successful i was still very much like how do i get to be either literally on the daily show or something like that like how do i how do i specifically create for instance like a tv show on a network and what i've found uh is that like while tiktok is not literally cable or something like that it might be better in a lot of ways and it might be reaching more people than what i'd always kind of been working towards which was like creating some kind of show that is potentially daily and has some comedy or politics or whatever in it i think like in some ways we've achieved that i'm not saying it's like done check that box whatever there's still a lot of evolutions here and things that i want to do but like um i i I think i was resisting it only slightly to the point where i i didn't know it was as valuable it was as it was until it became something that uh, people clearly appreciated and what's really cool about it is that it, there's always opportunities for it to to keep using the word evolve like yeah. our tiktoks now are very different from what they were two years ago and i think that's um a really fun organic process to kind of see where they can go absolutely yeah and, and t- the reach on tiktok never ceases to surprise me like yeah it's wild you know. And, yeah. and what's really cool, like lately we've been um, we've been reposting them to, to Carmela really pushed for this. I'm really glad mm-hmm. she did is reposting yeah. to YouTube Shorts and Reels and stuff, and that was almost immediately successful on Shorts because because YouTube wants some of that viewership, so they're you're incentivized, all that good stuff. So it's it's great to see an audience that's hungry for it. Absolutely. And, and I'm curious going back because I don't know why it surprises me that the TikTok started in 2019. I guess like 2019 TikTok feels like such a different era. It's a very but, different era. <laughs> like what was the spark of 
creating the Washington Post TikTok account and like how was that process to get that approved and to get that finalized and for like start to finish how long was that too? Uh, well it was it was both short and long in the sense that like end of 2018 I, I read an article about TikTok from written by Taylor Lorenz who's now at the Post and it was uh, just describe, describing what it was I'm like well that's interesting and then I opened the app that like around that like Christmas 2018 and, and I was like what I was so excited about honestly that I'm coming clean about even more so now is that you could just edit anything to music like I mm-hmm. just as if someone who loves to edit video I was like oh my god I could just use this Britney Spears song and just edit whatever I want to it and no one's gonna sue me <laughs> and I yeah. thought that's really cool and then I saw that I had I I, I I really got to check this number, but I, I'm certain that's what I read, that it had a billion downloads, which doesn't necessarily mean a billion users, active users. It just means that a billion people at the time had already downloaded TikTok in some wow. capacity in early 2019. So I was like, well, that's a huge audience. And I've been hired at The Post to reach a younger audience specifically with kind of host-based content. So meaning like someone in camera talking about something. Um, and I've been at The Post almost two years at that point. So I'd, I'd created relationships with people. And uh, I used those relationships to get everyone in a meeting in March of 2019 and be like, (laughs) I had this like seven page packet of why we should be on TikTok. And I looked at it again somewhat recently. I was like, most of this stuff was only half true, but some of it did come true. Like some of it I was exactly right about, which was like, there's an audience, there's an opportunity here. Um, There's no other news site. Like they took this as a negative. I took it as a huge positive that there was like almost no brands or news sites on TikTok. I'm like, this is a huge social media map app already. And no one is using it in the way that we use Twitter, Facebook, Snap, all these places. Um, So I was excited about that. And I got sort of a soft no, or sorry, a soft yes at through that meeting, but I was busy with a lot of other stuff at the time. And then in May of 2019, Micah, the head of video, who's still the head of video, was like, why don't you try it today? Do it under the radar. And so I think that's the sort of push and shove is like, I tried it, but I did not put it under the radar. It was sort of like, I got permission, I'm going to run with it. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. we got things to work is like, every time we got a little bit, we took a little bit more. Like, hey, uh, can we get this presidential candidate in a TikTok? And then when we got them, we're like, hey, Cory Booker, can you tackle me in the airport for this TikTok? And like, we did all these kinds <laughs> of crazy things. Uh, when I think take, making the most of a moment, especially in that first year, was really what made it take off for sure. Yeah, that's it's incredible. Were there any surprises as you charted that progression, which is, I guess, over four years now of the WAPO TikTok? The the big surprise, we, we really did have good momentum going into the pandemic. And, I'm, and I, I, you know, I offer that up with like knowing the pandemic's a very bad thing. I would acknowledge yes. it. But but like it that did change TikTok. Like all of a sudden, uh, you know, a lot of our TikToks were popular on Twitter where I repost them. So we had like, a you know, a good audience. But all of a sudden in March of 2020, everyone my age was getting TikTok because I had a lot of friends mm-hmm. and peers who were like, what are you doing with that? And they didn't hadn't even downloaded it. And then they all got addicted, like, like literally literally overnight uh, to TikTok and the audience aged up very quickly. Um, there's still obviously, you know, teenagers using the app, but like suddenly there was people in their 20s and 30s on TikTok. And that was huge for our account. We got, you know, doubled our followers several times over in the next couple of years after that. So um, I think that was the biggest surprise is that we could suddenly reach an even broader audience and also kind of change the content a little bit. Absolutely. It's it's really cool. And, and, you know, you really dove into TikTok and you created this little book here called hey, TikTok Every Day. Look at that. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, I have it. This would like live on my person, especially at school. Like it just lives in my backpack, honestly. Oh, that um, makes me really happy. 
Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful cover. I have attempted, I think I got 30 days in, not going to lie to you. And then I really, like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I think just like I went home for winter break and all momentum halted in everything sure. that I did. Of course, that was but, me every winter break in college. Yeah. I like literally became honestly a high schooler again or whatever that is. And was like, yeah. your brain just reverts back to like, yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> it immediately does. I have, yeah. a, I will finish it one day though. I promise you, Dave. Okay. Um, okay. Good. But I'm curious, in writing this book, like, this came out in 2021, so we were mm-hmm. almost two years removed from that. Mm-hmm. Like, has the platform changed a lot? Like, would you change the way in which you did a book like this? Or do you still feel like this is a tried and true way of, like, d- still does well with the TikTok platform and, like, it still is current to today? That's that's a really good question. I, I wouldn't change it completely. I think there's a couple things. One thing that happened in the book is that I, and this is the, the publishers knew what kind of audience they're going for, but I wanted it to be much more interview focused focused so you see at the start of every chapter there's mm-hmm. there's a, like a two-page interview those interviews were initially way longer and we cut them down quite a bit i wanted it to have like a little bit more of like in-depth look into how a tiktok creator thinks and then the other the ideas sprinkled throughout still 365 of them were supposed to be kind of more like supplemental kind of funny things uh like thoughtful but also like I, the interviews to me were the most exciting part so there's that yeah um it's a really hard book to write because like you said the platform is constantly changing what i was trying to convey uh, in the book is just like anything can be a TikTok. That's really what I was trying to say. Like all these ideas, they're either really small or really large. Like the whole point is like, they're just based. You could just look for inspiration literally anywhere. Like one day I saw this can of spam and I was like, <laughs> you know, He's like there. that could be, that's content. You know what I mean? And, and I just, I don't remember how I realized that I could just Sharpie out the P and make it Sam, but that was like, you know, so my point, like I was just looking around my apartment, especially early on the pandemic going, what can be content today? And that's really like, the, if I had to retile the book, I would say everything is content. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's like, th- that's what I would lean into even more. But I think the, it, it's just a really challenge to write that book. I, I would maybe get into more technical stuff because that's something we talked about with the publisher is like, can I, like, how do you show people how to make a TikTok? But that's really hard. Like you would need a lot of sort of, I, I don't know, like images, graphics, things like that to really get into the nitty gritty of it. And I just don't know if that's like something that people want to read in a book. I think I, I said at the time, and I think this is still true. I think a lot of people would rather have a YouTube video showing them how I make a TikTok versus a book with all the technical things. So yeah. long winding answer, but I, I'm very happy. I'm very proud of that book. I, 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 oh, yeah. uh, I'm trying to figure out what like a sequel to it would be in a much more kind of in-depth way. Whether it's just like a little bit more storytelling, I'm not sure. But that's something that's somewhat in the, that's been in the works for a while. And so hopefully we figure that out. That would be really exciting. I would love yeah. to, to see a sequel to this book. And yeah, I truly love like it's such a cool and fun book. And I truly love it. So you did Thank a great you. job with this. Thank you. And that was like written at night. between. Oh, yeah. So that was the crazy. Th- I don't know how I did. It. I honestly don't. I, I guess it helped that we weren't doing anything else with the post. I was just making TikToks and then at night write about it. But now there's no way I could do that. It'd be impossible. <laughs> Yeah, no, because I feel like that was also still probably written with some of the pandemic flexibility of everything, too. Right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Now, as you can can probably see, like, I have a baby yeah. coming, so I'm like... <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. I was, I presumed, and I was like, I was like, is that a baby, Carrie? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this has only recently become more public-facing. There'll be a TikTok soon, uh, but uh, we're due in August, so, so uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> very oh, excited. Oh, my gosh. The latest content. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's 
that should be the caption to like the the picture of the first baby is just the latest content yeah um, i have thought about that like, that's an actual and like honestly like more seriously that's a real question is like how much can this baby should this baby like how much should i be rep- like my dog i used to like should i put my dog in force for this tiktok or like to sh- yeah. not to compare a human to a dog but it's like to what degree no. does the audience need to see this but i'm pretty open to it so we'll see I think, yeah, I think that there's a world of possibilities now. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. They ever, TikTok needs a millennial dad, so I'm, I'm ready to fill that role for sure. You're going to be that guy. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. Um, final question about TikTok, and then we're going to get into yeah. some general kind of just rapid fire advice. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like TikTok and news content on TikTok is kind of the future for covering news? Is it always going to be supplemental or is there going to be a day where like this is where the news is kind of coming out and coming through? I so God, that's so. I, I my short answer is I think it'll supplemental is better, not just on TikTok yeah. but everywhere. Um, I clearly in the last or not clear, clearly anyone that might be following our account in the last year or so, our content has become much longer because also what happened was TikTok was promoting longer videos or rather like the algorithm was favoring them. So we were, which is great. Honestly, that was like the best thing that could happen. Is like now yeah. I don't. I'm not accidentally cutting something out that might be relevant to a larger news story because um, we're trying to make them under 30 seconds or something like that. Now there's a little bit more flexibility there. Um, so that's good. But I, I feel the same way about TikTok as I would about like cable news. I think to some degree, you shouldn't be getting all your news from the cable. Uh, like, And I think actually I could, we could do, have a whole separate podcast about like yeah. my feelings on cable news because I, I think that TV news is really good, like like TikTok or can be really good, but I also think that like there might be an issue with trying to fill something 24 hours a day. I think actually in some ways we've created more news than we needed to because of that. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And I with TikTok I would feel the same way, which is like I like that our TikToks are sometimes a summary, sometimes analysis, sometimes just an intro to a news story that people don't know otherwise wouldn't know anything about. And I hope that they go more in depth and learn about it. So I hope that it's in that way supplemental. Um, but to the degree that we can, we reply to comments. We do follow up TikToks and give as much information as we can when people ask about it. So I try to sort of fill that gap, knowledge gap for people, but knowing that and hoping that they're also using other sources. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great way of balancing it because, and I like what you said about like sometimes there's not 24 hours worth of news in a day because I've heard that quote before from like, there's a good news outlet called Good, Good, Good. And Mm -hmm. like the founder of that talked very much about how like some of the like really deep anxieties that can come from news stories come from the fact that like cable news needs to fill an hour long ad block sometimes with a five minute story. Right, exactly. And it's not like I have a, I mean, Literally, I have a lot of friends that work at CNN, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a, a, a knock on any of those. No. Well, it might be a knock on Fox, but it, it's not yeah, smart. <laughs> but but I, it's uh, it, we're just creating it out of thin air sometimes, and I, I don't I don't know if that's healthy for everyone. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, ultimately I, I I think that it's it's good that we're finding people where they you know we say this all the time, but finding people where they are, which is TikTok, and I think uh, finding them where they are, meeting them in the middle. So it being like they're on TikTok, they're seeing funny videos. Here's our video. It feels like a TikTok, but it's a little bit, you got to work a little bit more or you got to, you actually might learn something. And I think that's better than nothing. For sure. it, it is. Yeah. It, and feels like a TikTok. I, I do always want to give you all props for the way in which you've made the videos feel so organic. Like, I think that is uh, like, that's truly... the best compliment. That's the best. That's because ex- that's what we, but, I mean, it, they need to feel at least to some degree effortless, but also yeah. like, yeah, good. Yeah. I love that. Like, that's the thing that it, there's no like, breaking at least for me like of a scroll of a feed like it fits perfectly into that so bravo that's awesome thank you thank you yeah 
Now, I'd love to get into some of the questions I'll have to ask everybody yes. on the show. The first one is, what is the most impactful piece of advice that somebody ever gave to you? <sighs> Man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know that you... I know this is a common question on the show, but even that I... Because I, 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 I feel like I have a, a mixture of advice from different people that I get. I mean, mm-hmm. I think one thing... I had a boss uh, at my previous job, or two jobs ago, I guess. Uh, his name is Bubba. Uh, that's his real name. And that's phenomenal. the best. And he was just... He would really kind of tell me to sort of... Like, he was really good about, like, killing your darlings, that sort of thing of, like, hey, you don't need to include this in a video or whatever. Like, that was really good. But also, I think he really encouraged me to lean into the different skill sets I had. Cause I wasn't, I, I kind of would be sort of like, should I help with this? Should I not help with this? Like, should I help build this set for a video or not? Like, I think he was really like encouraging, like you should just, whatever skills you have, bring it to the table. And I think that was a really good thing for me to, I, I think I just needed a little bit of a, I don't know, a little, uh, a push to, to try things that I was a little scared of. So, you know, that's a very generic one. Like try things you're scared of. The, the other thing though, uh, is uh my another job that was the aforementioned florida sea base where i was a we were called out island mates so we were in charge of like every week we got a different crew of of boy scouts from around the country uh like 14 year old kids we go live on an island in florida keys sort of like survivor yeah and uh and uh sometimes we especially that first summer i didn't know everything how to do everything like there's a lot of sort of making it up as you go even though we had a set schedule and one thing that uh a lot of the like the overall advice for the staff was called blind confidence and it was like literally put your sunglasses on and just walk a straight line and and figure it out and if if you look confident they'll feel confident and even if it kind of goes ari whatever if it goes all right whatever like you got you can figure it out and uh as you know just have fun with it so I, blind confidence is something that i execute often almost every day in whatever i'm doing and i think some to some degree having confidence in something without knowing how it's going to turn out can be really good for you and the people around you I love that. I think especially in the world of, of what you do in video creation and kind of how I've felt when I've you know tried my time on TikTok is I think blind confidence is truly something needed to like make and put a video on the internet. Yeah. And, 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 trust and it goes well. And it's weird because you want to balance that too with like not being like too cocky or yeah. like sort of having this sense of entitlement. Like it's not entitlement, but it's also like it kind of goes back to like don't be af- too afraid of things. Like really just if you're it's you know, like have you ever heard the thing like if you go into an interview, you're supposed to like make yourself big yeah that sort of it's that that's what it is it's just doing that uh on a daily basis and how you hold yourself and that by doing that you help yourself and the people around you just feel a little bit more comfortable than if you were maybe perhaps kind of slouched and nervous i think that kind of makes everyone around you nervous about the situation yeah i was doing that at a at a job recently like i was i'm working on the the sound crew of a run of kinky boots which has been a really great summer job amazing but i was just chilling in the band room and i'm like well, like let's just see what happens and then like i did that and then 30 seconds later i'm like there could easily be a camera in this room and i'm just in here alone like brah and i was like i wonder what i mean i guess i it's, just gave him a show it's so yeah you gave him a show and i feel like uh, enough people know about that now there was yeah. even a that was on like uh Ted Lasso this season they had yeah so I think I think people now recognize what that is so yeah yeah no there's a small belief sign behind you you can see that Um, I love it it's just chilling Um, perfect oh my gosh I love that show so much it's a great show it's a great show oh it's lovely I I do I'm certain it's coming back in some iteration but I I don't know if they know what that is but I want the women's team I think that's the perfect like spin-off where it's very different but you can get some of the same cast to peek in and out but you're gonna get 
a new cast, a new style, a new characters. They clearly set it up for any for that one potentially if they yeah. wanted to for continuing AFC Rich like the the men's team. Yes, for, I, there's they they did a, what a lot of shows used to do like a long time. Like, uh, do you ever watch The Office? Yes, I, I know it's like okay, yeah, most people have, but the <laughs> the episode the in the ninth season it's called The Farm. Yes. And it's Dwight. And, and that, that was that was actually a, a, basically a reworked pilot that they shot for Dwight. And then they realized the pilot wasn't taking off. So they just slightly changed it and put it in the office. But they're constantly doing these things where it's like, what will the audience like? And I actually think that people on social media saying what they want from Ted Lasso right now might actually push the needle a certain direction, depending on what spinoff they go with. Yeah, because the amount of times they're like cheeky and they're like, we'll see about next season. And I'm like, I know what you did there. Like, well, and it's also, they, they clearly, because whenever they talk, the, the, the interviews, are, there was like, well, whatever Jason wants, and like I, they all clearly want Jason Sudeikis to come back, but he's—I think he's already out the door. But yeah, we'll see. yeah, we'll see. I want—I would love more with Sam in the restaurant too. I think that yes, would be... that was good. I felt like I totally agree. I, they gave us like just enough to keep me more interested. You know what I mean? Like the, it was only yeah. probably a handful of episodes, but I was like every time I was like, oh, this is interesting, and it's totally unrelated to the rest of the plot. But I was—I was yeah into that for sure. I kept hoping or wishing if they had like kind of like the beard after hours episode that we would get one of just him <laughs> yeah. and the restaurant staff and like yeah yeah i haven't yeah. seen the bear but maybe there could be a little crossover oh, between those two the, it's so i it's the first season was really good the second season is actually better i wasn't i was skeptical okay. that can be hard but it, i mean there's an episode that everyone not everyone but everyone that watched the show is talking about episode six of season two it's like its own movie it's unbelievable i like i couldn't when i was the whole time i was watching it i was probably being annoying to my wife i was just like this is the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> like, okay yeah. well, let's experience it i'm like but it's so good <laughs> That's, i i have to check it out then because i love chef like i love food yeah. content and, and you know movies oh. and film about that so and it has honestly it has a lot of the heart that ted lasso has it's a little bit more yeah. like gritty like it's not as um i don't want to say wholesome but like it's not quite the same tone as ted lasso but it has a lot of that like feel good you know you walk away from an episode feeling really good so yeah yeah i i, I have to check it out then that seems mm-hmm. really exciting yeah do you have an ultimate tip for somebody going into college um ultimate tip i i do think and this is true for going into jobs i think just trying like uh, even if it's just like doing it one time like trying different clubs or whatever like classes things like that i on a whim when i you know speaking of transferring to paw like one thing i did really good that first semester was i had a couple friends who were gonna do the rugby team it was like a rugby club team it's not like an official ncaa but we play all these different schools uh and i was like okay i'll i'll go i've never played rugby and like that honestly was amazing like i'm still a huge rugby fan like i i think it's the sport i enjoyed most i played basketball through high school anyway my point being like try things like that i i Mm -hmm. really had a great time doing that and i did not expect to like i went in very apprehensive and kind of scared of like trying out for this rugby team and it was honestly it was really fun so like doing things that you're scared of of course but also just even if you just try them once that's fine like if you go in and say like i'm just gonna try this if i hate it fine that's so much better than just having never tried it i really think that's a, a good way to approach it I, I completely agree i think that's a great philosophy especially at college like high school's great job is great college when there's so many options and so many things to do yeah yeah exactly like I, maybe to, to that extent like you try think like it's really hard to put yourself in the shoes from five years from now but like make sure you don't have any regrets of what you didn't do in college especially if you, if you just tried it once you won't have those regrets i think that really kind of also helped me get through transferring for sure yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah um what is a dorm room essential i know you. Uh, well 
I, okay, this has changed. This is not what I used to be like. Mm-hmm. But honestly, cleaning supplies. And I know that sounds very much like I'm coming at you from a, as a parent. But I think there's something subconscious about having a clean dorm room, which I did not for most of college. Yeah. But there was one semester where I had a roommate who was like actually very good at keeping things clean and stuff. And like definitely my general... <laughs> my like outlook changed i was definitely a happier person in some yeah. extent uh so god i that's such a lame answer but honestly cleaning supplies or whatever that is for you like something that kind of also helps you sort of organize your mind even if it's like a broom i don't know but i i yeah. actually think that's an essential i i completely agree there were i loved like i would take a saturday at times usually like when my roommate would go on like a mock trial trip and like i would just have the room to myself where i would just take everything out of everywhere and dust and such a satisfying oh, god. thing you're to so do. much better than i was that's amazing good for you <laughs> i i don't know man it was just such a dusty room and i'm like i can't live like this like, yeah it was bad yeah but. that's good and i i think also like i mean that the deeper part of that is you know people might even if they're not even subconsciously aware of it they may not want to come to your dorm if it's just like messy whatever yeah. <laughs> like i i realized that at one point i was like i have a lot of friends who i just i <laughs> I don't want to meet them in their dorm because I just know it's a pigsty. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like we can find a newsroom location. There's a yes. common room somewhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have a moment from high school that you still think about? Oh, I I have a really sweet moment that I really uh my um my last basketball game um I so there was a guy who was a, he's still at that high school he's no longer a coach but he was the like the assistant varsity coach for years and he had been the coach of the girls team when my sister was there I'd known him my whole life and he's not a very it was a very sort of ted lasso moment actually oh yeah he's uh yeah because he's very sort of not like a roy kent but like you know a little bit more gruff but like not um emotional Mm -hmm. um and he just gave me like the best hug i've ever had (laughs) honestly (laughs) there was so much like emotion in it where i was just so sad because i knew i wasn't gonna play in college and like i'd put so much work into basketball for so long and it was like i knew this was like my last like anything like big time game or anything like that so I just got this the, like the, the just a really meaningful hug. It was a, like it was it was very sort of um I don't know. I I don't I there was just so much behind it that I I I still think about like how significant that was to have. Like I'm really grateful he did it because I think I yeah. needed something to feel uh, to put it to close that chapter whereas I I might otherwise I might have walked away being one of those guys, you know, like still talking about their glory days in a way that like is unhealthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I completely hear you. Yeah, it would, it added something kind of ceremonious to the end of it all. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's exactly really beautiful. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What song would you add to a school survival playlist? School survival. I feel like I'm getting really old in my answers as I cuz I <laughs> the, the clean supplies School survival play. So things that actually helped me study and, and finish like whatever I was working on was classical music mm-hmm. because it's familiar. You probably know a lot of Beethoven songs without knowing them, but you're not going to be singing along. There's no lyrics. <laughs> so yeah. school survival for me was like when I actually wanted to get a report done or anything, act like a paper, it was I had to have classical music on. So I'm going to say classical music because I think it actually is like the other other stuff. You end up getting distracted and singing along or whatever that is. Yeah. Could you name a classical chart in particular or just any piece of classical music? I don't think I can because I would just yeah. type in at the time it was Pandora. I would just type in like classical music or whatever. And I would just, you know, whatever showed up. I, I That's probably bad that I never paid attention to what I was listening to, but it helped. No, it does help. Yeah. What a world Pandora was. You like unlocked a box of memories for me. <laughs> the, oh, good. Pandora's box. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I also would listen to on Pandora. I remember this so well. I would type in. This is so lame. I would type in observational 
comedy because I knew that was my favorite type of stand-up comedians and I would just get like the rotation of stand-up albums whatever yeah that was the thing it's like Jerry Seinfeld coming through the phone like what's the deal yeah I mean some of them are really dated it was like I mean I think Jim Gaffigan's funny but it was like Jim Gaffigan type of humor where it was like Mm -hmm. now it's still funny but it's not uh whatever it's not as maybe like who's that one guy who he had a special on HBO that's I can't remember. There was a guy recently who was really funny. He was like dressed in all white. It was like an all white stage. I do not remember his name, but that's the guy that I would recommend now on Pandora. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> to, to the seven people who still have Pandora, this one's yeah, for you. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, still, it's, it's it's a platform. I just. No, no, no. I have Spotify. I haven't yeah, touched oh God, it for yeah. years. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I was like talking to my grandma and she's like, yeah, I pay for Pandora. And I'm like, you shouldn't like, why? Yeah, you shouldn't do why are you doing that. Stop. Also like anymore, I found out the other day. So I, I use Spotify, but that my Verizon account comes with free Apple music. I had no idea. Oh, wow. No one ever told me. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. So now I have that in Spotify, I guess. That it, Apple's so secretive in the platforms that it gives you for free. Like it's, you can get free which, Apple TV, which, but and only why? if you want to. Yeah, why yeah. do they do that? Like I wouldn't be using. I mean, I already use enough Apple products, but I'd be using even more if they told yeah. me what I had access to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, final question of the interview yes. is: What would you tell your freshman self in high school, and then your first year? How about your first year self in college, pre and then post transfer? Okay. Uh, freshman self in high school. I, you know, I, I. I wouldn't have a lot of advice. I had a really good high school experience, but I think I would just say, um, your, <laughs> your sister's not that bad. She's pretty great. My sister was two years older than me and I was so embarrassed by her sometimes. Not embarrassed, like just annoyed by her. And now I look back and like, that is the, like my, my freshman and sophomore year were so important to our even existing relationship. Um, cause we drive to school every day, all those kinds of things. So I, I would mm. say like really lean into that relationship. And I did, but like really like, it sounds like Adam Sandler when he's like, cherish it. Uh, <laughs> but like cherish it. I, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know that I fully did at the time, but now I do. Um, and then freshman year of college first, year, you know, I think I would tell myself for the first freshman year at Tulsa, like it's all going to be okay. Cause I was definitely, I don't, I wouldn't say, I, I don't think I had like quite a, you know, Ted Lasso panic attack situation, but I was definitely like, on the verge for a while Mm -hmm. and i ended up you know doing what i think i needed to do and i think i i I believe i made the right decision well i'm certain i did because i feel good about where i am but i think i was very worried about what the right decision was so don't worry about making the right decision just worry about making a good decision that was that's what i tell that person and then software your depa uh man (laughs) probably say that's that's really tough i don't know what i would say to that person i really because i think that person like i think it worked out but i was just like I, maybe 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 go on a few more runs i found out later on that like going going on a run was really good for me and i didn't like junior senior year i, I kind of figured that out but like sophomore year i just showed up and was just like let's go to a party let's do and like definitely my actual health was not in right. a good position and i don't mean like don't drink i don't mean like that i was just like i think i just forgot how to take care of myself for a second so like it's the same thing is like the clean supplies thing like maybe just take care of yourself a little bit more i think i needed to do that uh more that at that time absolutely those are all great advice i love the quote make a good decision not the right decision that is a really that's beautiful like i would live by that i get that as a tattoo honestly okay like uh, you know i'll I'll, i i have a (laughs) i have three tattoos on my back and the, the first two are quite serious from like a book and a movie and the third one was a dare and the guy didn't think I was going to do it. And it's ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli <laughs> uh, from Spongebob. <laughs> 
So just like in like a font, like in like cursive font. Or exactly. Like... It's exactly. It's like cursive because I really like the first two ones. One's a Hemingway quote. The other one is from the movie Her. And they're very self-serious. Like I, they mean a lot to me, but they just felt like if you're reading my back, like this guy is either a douche or takes himself too seriously. So I was like, if the third one is a SpongeBob quote, that's <laughs> that's, that's the best scenario. Yeah. So anyway. Amazing. Well, that is the end of our episode. I am so grateful to talk to you. Thank you again for coming on. Do you have anything you'd like to plug, anything to promote? I know you've got some TikToks you want to put out there, I presume. I Well, yeah, follow us on TikTok at Washington Post. Also, if if you don't mind, follow my personal TikTok account right. at Dave Jorgensen. I don't post there a lot, but I hope to post there more, especially, uh, you know, as from the millennial dad angle. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in that. Um, and then, you know, as a, as a whole, just, you know, keep following us. I, I'm going to take uh, this. this this is funny. I'm like kind of using this as like the the soft announcement for what we'll later say on TikTok. But like I have paternity leave, so I'll be like gone okay. for most of the rest of the year. So keep following Washington Post and give Carmela all the support she needs uh, because she's going to do amazing. But I want to make sure yes. that like our audience is like sticking there with it. Uh, and and I think this is her moment to shine too. So just that's that's my that's my plug is. Also follow Carmelo on all platforms because she's going to kill it. So I just, I'm very yeah. excited for her to just like take this mantle and have fun with it. Oh yeah. She's going to crush it. I, yeah. she will slay and you will for be sure. slaying as your millennial dad. It's That's right. Exciting. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, the Dave, anytime there's a video from the Dave Jorgensen TikTok, I feel like, like it's, it's a good day. Like <laughs> it just is such a, like a fun, like the, uh, the 52 card video. I think about that one so much. I'm so it, glad I, oh God, that's honestly, that is the, the best couple you could. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Yes. And like, I just, but I'm, and I don't often like, I'm not often trying to like self-promote that. I don't know. I just thought it was so funny. And yeah. I, and the reaction was like, I don't know, a mixture of this. What is this? And this is funny. So I'm glad you liked it. I feel like. I might even put this in a comment, but like you are not my go-to card salesman where like, if I need to like sell a deck of cards, I'm just going to send them to you and be like, can we do this again? Like the, the funniest part was there's a few people that commented, like I actually got their card first, <laughs> which was so good. That, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that makes me happy. Yeah. No, there'll be yeah. a lot of, uh, I, I like to think of it as the DVD commentary section of the Washington post. So it's just like really niche content and or bloopers uh, on my personal yes. account. So yeah. That is phenomenal. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Of course. Thanks, Carter. I hope I didn't take too much of your time. I I start blabbing at a certain point. So no, I don't want to take any much of your time. I I presume you've got stuff to do, like work to to make TikToks today. Time to make TikToks. Yes. Um, but yeah, any other parting words before we head out of here? No, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I, I really do hope you get, uh, you know, the, the next addition to the TikTok team on here as well. So just to yes. continue the gauntlet. Yeah, I need to. I think Chris, the new Chris, um, I'm going to have to hit him up. Chris C. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. uh, we're going to have him for another couple weeks again, and maybe it'll be like a Chris V Vasquez situation a couple years ago where and we got him the rest of the year. So we'll see. Fingers yeah. Crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's very exciting. Well, I've been Carter Dvorak. That over there has been Dave Jorgensen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Student Council. If you want to find us, all our socials are at StucoPod. Our email is StucoPod at gmail.com. Wishing you the best of luck and the best of times in all of your educational endeavors. The Student Council is adjourned.